Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi. Hi. So it's just Ellen and Hillary. And we have a bonus episode. Yay. Because everybody's been messaging us saying they want more. And episodes are too short. So we figured, why not? We'll surprise you with two episodes this week. So we're really excited about this because we do not really get to talk to professionals all that often <laughs> we're, we're armchair detectives uh madison is out because we're pretty sure she has the flu so we told her to stay away but we are talking to lee fudger attorney at law one of my friends got hooked up with him with my big brother and i'm so excited that you are taking the time you're at the courthouse right now so you found a little okay. corner and yep. um you know we know you have way more important things to do but we're excited to talk to you well i'm excited to be here all right so ellen i know you've got a burning list of questions that we'll get to, but let's let's jump in with the obvious. What made you want to become an attorney? What kind of attorney are you? I am a criminal defense attorney. Mm. Um, there is no specification. You know, once you pass the bar, you can do whatever you want. But I would say ninety percent of my cases are criminal defense. Uh huh. Okay. So, what made you want to become an attorney? My father was an attorney and a, a judge of the Superior Court in Georgia. Um, my great-grandfather was an attorney. It kind of goes back. <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> DNA that puts me here. Yeah. Um, and I knew I wanted to be an attorney when I was in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And when I was in law school, I thought, you know, I like the criminal aspect. So I interned with the Birmingham DA's office, uh, got a job clerking for a judge right out of law school, then worked in the Fulton County DA's office for a little while, then went into private practice as a defense attorney. Very cool. Okay, right. what does it mean when they say clerking? Like, what is that? Because uh, I've heard that term, but I don't know what that means. Most judges, not all judges, but a lot of them have, well, I guess there's different terms. They call them clerks or staff attorneys or things like that. It is a, just an assistant to the judge um, to research case law, write orders, uh, you know, uh, you can be a, a clerk to the you know Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, any of those orders you see are probably written by one of the many clerks they have and then kind of approved by the judge. The judge makes the decision but doesn't always do the grunt work of, you know, writing the actual cases and citations and things like that. So it sounds like that's like a job with a lot of busy work. Like you get the job that nobody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to do all you, the paperwork. Well, generally you have two lawyers on either side arguing, opposing arguments and both holding up paperwork and, and cases and things like that that say exactly what they say the case is. And so the judge has to make the decision and it's usually the clerk's job to go in and, and find the case law and research and determine, you know, who's actually more on point 
mm. uh, with the, the factual argument that's placed before the judge. So you do all the grunt work and they get all the glory. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay, so we want to know about the process. Since you are a criminal defense attorney, public defender for a lot of people, how does that work? Are you presented with a case from the county? Like, I guess, is it just kind of like doled out like, hey, it's your turn to get a case. Here's one. And then can you say no? Like, how does it work? Yeah, it depends. Um, and there's different um, in different counties. I work in mainly in Cobb County in Georgia, where they have what's called the circuit defender, um, who hires private attorneys to represent people. In other counties, they have, you know, a public defender's office. So they have an office just like the DA's office, usually somewhere around the courthouse. And you have a caseload just kind of like the DA. Um, in Cobb County, you, it's a rotational wheel. And you know, as cases come up and the circuit defender approves somebody for an attorney, they will call the next person down the list who's been approved as a defense attorney and say some criminal cases. And you can always say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll, you know, dish you out five or 10 or however many cases they have to give you. Wow. So how on an average, like an average time, how many cases do you have going at one time? Oh, a lot. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I handle a lot of cases. Um, I've been qualified to handle murder trials um, and, and some of the higher aggravated cases. So I can go from a uh, simple misdemeanor battery case to a, a murder trial. So I usually probably have about 50 to 60 cases. Whoa, at one time? Uh, yeah, in, in the process. Good Lord. Uh, How do you I mean, not it, get things usually, confused? He's got a clerk. <laughs> no, I don't have a clerk. I have a I have a Dropbox file and a phone that probably keeps everything in, in order for me. But I it takes it. I usually remember most of the cases. Sometimes if I'm not, you know, if sometimes they'll start at the person's gotten arrested and I get appointed. Uh, sometimes we're you know a month out from trial and for some reason either their attorney can't go to trial or they fire their attorney and I pick up the case at that time. So um, I, it depends how much, you know, how much involvement I've had in the case, but I usually, I can keep about that many rather fresh in my brain. That's crazy. Wow. That's a lot of brain power. <laughs> can I remember I what I ate for lunch yesterday? I was about to say, I have no memory whatsoever. Okay. So well, throw those, those things out like lunch. They, they yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when you sit down with a client for the first time, what's your process? Are you like, look, I don't care if you did it or not. This is what my goal is. Tell me your 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 version of events. Well, I tell them, you know, they have the right to remain silent. They don't have to tell me anything. And it's not my job to figure out, you know, what the truth of the matter is. Um, as uh, an attorney I clerked for before going to law school told me, once you start making factual determinations about the case, you become the judge and the jury, mm-hmm. and that's not your job. So I tell my client, I'm not going to ask you what you know what's going on. Um, I, I will tell you here are the facts that we've you know the the state has presented to me in discovery. The police report says this. The you know, scientific evidence says this. These are the allegations that they're going to say happened. You would like to take it to trial. We can talk about what our trial strategy will be. If you would like me to talk to the DA about working out the case with some kind of plea bargain, then you tell me what you want to do. And that's really where we start. Okay. So if you had to like estimate, do the majority of your clients 
plea, make a plea of some kind? Or are they like, yeah, let's take this thing to trial? Oh, most, I would say 80% of all cases have take some sort of plea bargain. Yeah, that'd be smart. Um, well, it's, the cases aren't made up. Yeah. You know, police officers don't just generally go out to arrest people for no reason. So if a lot of times, you know, somebody's done something wrong, whether it's, it might not be what they're alleged to have done wrong, but it might be as simple as, you know, they didn't follow the police officer's instructions. And mm-hmm. so it's an obstruction charge. Um, or, you know, a lot of times somebody, yes, did have too much to drink one night or, you know, was taking a prescription they weren't supposed to. And they just say, hey, you know, mea culpa, I, I did something wrong. Can we just, you know, I, I, I'll pay the, I'll be responsible and pay the responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And can, can you help me get through this without ruining my life? Right. That's the end game. Have you ever had anybody who was like, I didn't do this. Like, here are the events, how it made it look like I did it, but I didn't. And you honestly believed them. And then you took it to trial. Oh, yes. Yes. A lot of times um, we had. Well, <clears throat> when you go to trial, the good the thing about trial is that, of course, the D.A. is in control of what offer happens. They don't take cases to trial that they don't think they're going to win. So, right. uh, I, you know, I, I've heard all kinds of different numbers about how many cases the D.A.'s offices win. Uh, I've never actually seen a study that said that. So I don't spit out any numbers like that. But I, I've had. Let's see. I don't know. I can't really recall how many jury trials I've had. But I would say, you know, a third or less I have won. But with the ones that I won, I truly believed that the person was innocent of the case. Was there ever anybody who you truly believed was innocent? And then after the fact, if they got off and you're like, oh, shit, they (laughs) weren't. Whoops. (laughs) No, not that I remember off the top of my head. Well, that was good. Yeah. So you've got a pretty good, it sounds like you've got a pretty good, I guess, Win and lose track ratio. record. Yeah, you got a good track record. And and like I say, sometimes the, my cases are not the best. You know, I've had cases where somebody was shot on videotape, or there was you know eyewitnesses that all said my client did it. So you know sometimes you have to take cases to trial that have your stacked against all the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, the, the DA makes the decision of what cases, what charges will be brought, and what offers will be given. So. And generally evaluate what cases are taken to trial. Um, it's not my, I can't drop cases. All I can do is say, you try to prove that case in trial. So defense attorneys are, anytime when they go to actual trial, the, the odds are against us, I would say. When you have a case like that where there is videotape evidence or eyewitness, are you attempting to get a, like, prove a lesser charge? since there's obviously things keeping you from completely proving innocence? That could be an option. It, it, it's different with every case. Um, you know, uh, in the end, um, a, a videotape is going to be made, the determination of who's in that video is going to be made by the jury. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's... If it's a little staticky, it, they all know. <laughs> yeah, you know, all video is... Can, I mean, there could be two guys that look alike. I remember a case in uh, when I sat with one of my professors in law school, his client allegedly stole a bunch of cars, went on just kind of a um, criminal bender for a few days. Um, and their only reason they could, the, the gentleman, you know, they was eyewitnessed and, and identified by multiple people. Uh, and the only reason they couldn't come up with a, um, 
an excuse or a, a way out because he did have a twin brother, but that twin brother was also in federal custody at the time. So oh, there goes, right. your, <laughs> there goes your alibi. There can always be somebody that looks just like you. True, you know, a doppelganger around, out there. So, yeah, so um, there, there can be confusion, and it's up to the people on the jury to make that determination of, of what they see in the video. Gotcha. Okay, so we know that you can't talk about your cases because a lot of them are going to appeal, and we are going to... Uh, Ellen yes. has a question about the appeal process, but ones like from way back when, ones that you've assisted on that maybe weren't your actual cases, is there one that sticks out in your mind? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm just like one of the toughest ones that you had to deal with. Not, not that I've had to deal with, but I've seen uh, many cases where, you know, <laughs> uh, there, there was one here in Cobb County. I won't mention the name, but it was a gentleman. He was kind of following a, a woman um, infatuated with, a, you know, I believe ex-girlfriend or something like that. Uh-huh. And he ended up killing the lady that lived over her garage, like her tenant. Um, oh, <laughs> that well, escalated I, I, quickly. That, that's, I don't, that's not where I saw it going. <laughs> that's a very good question. I mean, there's suspicions that she may have caught him uh, lingering around the house oh. or something like that. But her son was there when it happened um and he has he has fought that case tooth and nail um saying it it was not him uh it's probably still on appeal now um but you know you that one when when it's someone who is not even involved in the case right um that that always is shocking and disturbing yeah seriously maybe he wanted to move into the garage so he could stalk her even more right (laughs) he i I, like i said i don't know i don't remember if there was actual facts that he was in my mind i suspect he was either on the property when he knew he shouldn't be there and the person saw him or was you know peeking in windows or something like that and just Things escalated very quickly and badly. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) That's the key word in this discussion, allegedly. Okay, so my question, because we, when we cover these cases, you know, some of them, they, they're death penalty cases and the person guilty sits on death row for like 15 years and they still haven't been put to trial or put to death. And then some, you know, they're there four years and boom, they get executed. So like, what is the appeals? I know you don't have to appeal, but like. If you're going to appeal, how many appeals do you get? And then is there a time frame in which you have to do those appeals? Like, why do they sit for so long on death row and some don't? Well, there, once someone in, in my realm in the state court um, is convicted, uh, if it's a death penalty or anything, you have 30 days to file a motion for a new trial. Um, so we file that rather immediately because almost everybody once they're convicted will file a motion for a new trial because it didn't go their way. Right. Um, but then you also generally that motion is not heard within the 30 days because you have to have a transcript prepared, all of the evidence collected. Um, it takes months. I mean, a court reporter, you know, has been sitting 
in the courtroom for a week or two weeks or longer, taking everything down, trying to type it out, but it's not instantaneous like you see on TV. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're watching closed caption on TV, you see all the mistakes that come up. Court reporters aren't instantaneous like that, and they have to go through their own notes, the audio recordings they've made, and make sure that the transcript is is right. Right. Because they have to certify it because that's what everybody is going to go on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the difference between a no and a uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> in a in a trial, it's a big can be difference. Pretty important, yeah. yeah. So they, um, the transcript takes a long time. So it's a few months after any trial that a motion for new trial is heard, and then the judge will determine if the new trial should be granted. If not, then the case is actually taken on appeal. Um, it depends on what issues are on appeal, but uh, we've got three levels. So the trial level is the one I work at. And then you appeal to the Georgia Court of Appeals or whatever state court of appeals or federal court of appeals. Um, and then they make a determination of you know, whether the law was followed in a certain situation. And then you can always appeal to the Georgia Supreme Court. Um, and then from the Georgia Supreme Court in a death penalty case, anyone who's sentenced to the death penalty would have a an argument against um, the death penalty in federal Supreme Court. So you have at least that many levels. Um, and as you said, the uh, defendant can say, I, I don't want to appeal. Let's just get this over right. with. So that, of course, you know, puts them right down the line um, to, you know, the if it's a death penalty sentence, then the final conclusion of being put to death. But you also have issues with how the law allows them to be put to death. Um, there's a reoccurring issue about um, the chemicals that most states use to put people to death. Um, mm. A lot of companies will not provide the the um, chemical. There's it's usually a three part um, three medicine system yeah. that they use to kind of put somebody to sleep and then cause the heart to seize and things like that and, and kill the pain so they don't suffer. Um, so a lot of companies don't want to be labeled as the guy who the murdering company (laughs) yeah the death medication and and there are a lot of activists that as soon as a company is found out to be providing um you know medicine used to put somebody to death who will come out and you know have a social media campaign and say hey these people murder people yeah and so the company doesn't want to be labeled that so they say all right we're not going to provide that medicine anymore to you know whatever the state of georgia or whoever so there's always there's issues like that. And then, of course, if if the process can't be agreed upon what is actually uh, allowed by the Constitution, uh, there's appeals to the Georgia and the um, federal Supreme Court as to what is allowed under the Constitution, because, of course, it can't be cruel or unusual punishment. Those are, those are so many factors. <laughs> like my head's spinning yeah. just from all that. That's, that's generally why it takes That's so why it takes so long, I, I want gotcha. <laughs> Because it's confusing. It's confusing as it, hell. It's very confusing, and it's a question of you know, what what is cruel and what is unusual punishment. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in some states, you know, you're allowed to still uh, make a determination of how you want to be killed. Um, I mean, some states still allow you to choose hanging or electric oh. chair or things like your firing squad, even, I believe. Really? Um, That's an option? Yeah, and, and some people do. Oh, I don't think I'd choose any of yeah, those options. I don't options. know what I would choose. I don't... <laughs> I'd like to go <laughs> to sleep, right? <laughs> can, can I just, can I just overdose on Ambien? That's what I want to do. 
Oh, man. Okay. Well, before we let you go, we have a couple of listener questions. The people want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, Camille wants to know, have you ever felt or been threatened by a client? Um, not directly threatened. Well, that's uh, good. <laughs> Indirectly threatened? <laughs> it, well, you know, in dealing, I remember my first murder trial where the uh, gentleman was found guilty. I he was the nicest guy. Shook my hand, said, thank you for everything you did. Um, he knew he was in a bad place, and, and he was very nice. Um, but you know, I've also had clients who I worked on DUI trials threaten me and tell me they were going to call the bar and, and have me disbarred and things like that. So, <laughs> you know, you never know. I mean, I tell everybody, look, my most of my clients' day with me is probably one of the worst days of their lives. Yeah. So, you know, either we're talking about jail or, or probation or things like that. Um, and it might be because they have some, you know, substance abuse or, or a very bad decision they've made. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't call it threatened, but I, it's a very high stress situation for a lot of people. And I understand why. Yeah, definitely. And I would think, I mean, yeah, you're doing your job and you, you see all these cases day in and day out. But at the end of the day, you're a human. I mean, it's kind of hard not to be empathetic towards people that, you know, maybe had a rough upbringing or, you know, they just fell on hard times or whatever. They just made a stupid decision. Yes. I would feel bad for everybody. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd be like, you're stupid. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, Clearly, don't ask. <laughs> A leads to B leads to C, bro. Like, right. You're going to jail. But that's why I'm not an attorney. So. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Erica wants to know, um, good, bad, or ugly, have you ever had a victim's family approach you? Oh, yes. Like, yes. are they, are, what do they do? Are they mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, they uh, the, usually the DA has informed them, you know, they understand everybody's got a right to a jury trial. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've never had anyone be openly hostile. I've had, you know, them not want to talk to me. Right. But but most of them are, you know, and sometimes I have to approach them. Some of the times they're witnesses. So I have to ask them questions. And usually they'll talk with me. And um, if not, you know, I, they, they have a right not to speak with me so yeah. um but i've never had anybody you know come up to you like, and be like he, you bastard you got him off right <laughs> he killed it's, my it's, not, it's not it's not like law and order uh, it, well i've been you know. operating under a complete <laughs> false narrative this whole time then it's a whole lot more boring and everybody is a lot more civil Oh. Well, that's lame, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. You don't work with Mariska Harkatay? <laughs> no. Dang it. Or Ice-T. Or, yeah, Ice-T's not, you know, going around solving your cases. All right. Um, no. Okay, one last question from Tanner. She wants to know, what's the best part of the job? What's the worst part of the job? Uh, I think I already told you the worst part of the job. Like Every <laughs> every day I come to court is probably the worst day of somebody's life. Yeah. So it's, it's a very high stress situation, and like you said, I you know I, I have to be empathetic. I, I, I guess some defense attorneys don't um, aren't all the time, but I try to think that this person is a good person. They just made a, a bad decision at a certain time, so it, it is stressful on me because I I worry about everybody that I I represent. Uh, on the other side of that, when you can you know get somebody out of jail, I've been hugged by clients' grandmothers in court. Multiple times, you know, when you actually do something for somebody or when you see somebody, maybe even they did have to go to jail or to prison. But when they get off the drugs that were causing them to make bad decisions and 
and you, you know, get a phone call or a letter saying thank you, yeah, that's that's what you do it for. That's awesome. I'm just for clamps. Ellen don't have the feels. I know. And she's. Uh, I mean, maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you would. No, no feelings here. Awesome. Well, Ellen, you got anything else? Oh my gosh! Can questions? I come like shadow you? For I know. A while? He gave us a thirty-minute time, and we've had him for twenty-seven. Oh. So I'm like, I gotta let him Look, go. I'll just be there Monday, and <laughs> I'll be your intern we'll for a week. We'll be the clerks. Yeah, I'll, I'll come clerk for put you. Your, put put your running shoes on. But I'm very me. organized. <laughs> Very organized. Well, that helps. That helps. (laughs) All right, Lee. Well, we certainly appreciate it. Um, And maybe in a couple of months, we'll bother you again and get an update on some stuff. (laughs) Anytime you have a question, just give me a call. All right. Thanks, Fedger. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Bye.